0: to your friends, listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen
1: to. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
0: Welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's done this 199 times before. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was hanging around with uh, the fun boy Free and Bananarama in 19... (laughs) 1982, it might have been them or it might have just been some people from my school uh, in a dark room in an attic and uh, they were all kissing but I was just looking at them. <laughs> uh, they call it So I don't know if That might, might catch on. That might have been going since 1982. Yeah, it's, uh, it's episode 200. It's fucking amazing, isn't it? Uh, that's something to be uh, proud of, I suppose, in a way. <laughs> And I kind of hoped I'd get a TV show by now, but it's you know we're we're here and we're in control of our own destiny. In a way, this is better. Oh, you came back from last week, uh, so well, um, thought, I thought you looked excited about the two hundred. Oh, I wish I'd preserved the two hundredth one. <laughs> so, um, still, I'm still a little bit drunk from last week again. It's a very strong, bit. very strong beer, and I intend to drink some more of it uh, before. Uh, the sad process at the end of this series this is the last show in the series as well of course series 14 and uh, what happens is I now get in a van with some men and go back to Hertfordshire with my chairs <laughs> so we're not allowed to store at the Leicester Square Theatre until February we're not allowed not bitter about it £180 it costs to take those chairs back to Hertfordshire but I get to go too, and I'm looking forward to riding in the van. If it's anything like the ride in the van with the chairs, it's going to be quite a rollercoaster hair-racing experience. <laughs> Driving in a big van with some people who don't usually drive down country roads. And uh, if this is my last ever show as a result, please put it out with my blessings. <laughs> and I'd like Adam to hold a picture of me looking sad. Uh, anyway, talking of that, our guest this week is probably best known as the second best podcast involving a man walking a dog around a field. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's his fourth time. If we hadn't had him on before, we'd only be on 196. It's Adam Buxton, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's the Bucket Hi, <laughs> hey, me. Always ready to leave. That's what you have to love about Adam Buxton. Always ready. I've got, oh, lo- got a load of stuff in here. i got a lot of stuff. You know, you never know when you'll be called upon. I've
2: got some leash. sandwiches.
0: <laughs> I've
2: got a little bit of work I need to do.
0: That's fine. That's fine. I've there's le- there's got got some to... pauses where I'm just trying to think about I've what I've got I'm to say I've got to get back next, to
2: right? a couple of people.
0: That's fine. Make yourself got some
2: stuff and it won't take long. My wife's asking me a couple of questions I need to deal with sure, as an admin. Fine. It's all over. You know, my dog, Rosie. Yes. She suffered a terrible injury. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a very traumatic thing. Um, we were out walking yesterday and we walked across an unfamiliar field. Right. We, I, and I actually said to her, hey, let's mix it up. Let's walk across the unfamiliar field. Yeah. Because we always go the same route. Boring. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful day, Rosie. Let's go crazy. We'll, we'll take this uh, cut across here. The cows have been taken away for the winters. We don't have to worry about being trampled. We don't have to worry about being just another cow death statistic. Yeah. And they're pretty big. And so off we went across this field. And uh, Rosie boinged off. She was up at the top. Yeah. And I suddenly noticed something move in the middle of the field. And it was a big old... Hair. And, and it sprang up and shot off up the hill. And I thought, uh-oh, Rosie's going to go mental. She yeah. loves chasing animals, even if, and usually there's no question of her catching them. Yeah. So sure enough, she chases after the hare, zips off, and then doesn't come back. And she's done that before and she yeah. usually comes home. This time she came home and she was acting really weird. Oh. And we were having lunch and um, she was just sort of zipping about, spinning around, kind of chasing her tail in it, like as if she was on drugs or something. And then she jumped on my wife's lap at the table and she was going, oh, Rosie. And, uh, and then she said, maybe she's got seeds between... Is this interesting?
0: This yeah, story? no, Dan, well, it's, it's, it depends where it's going. If it's to be honest, Adam, if it turns out it's, she's got some seeds between her paw, it wasn't worth it. But let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens next,
2: because last time she had seeds between, <laughs> but in her paws, yeah. and it was very distressing for her, and we had to get them out. It took ages to dislodge the seeds, so we thought not seeds again, and. <laughs> And we put her on the uh, sofa and kind of laid her out. We we're stretching out her paw. And then we see only then she has got a massive old gash in oh, her no. tummy. She had clearly jumped across some barbed wire and it had slashed like, a, like something out of Fangoria. Oh it had God. peeled back a large area of, of the Ugh. skin and fur so that her muscle was exposed oh underneath. Oh, my God! And, I mean, it was really full-on and scary and sad. So we were like, whoa, holy shit, okay. Yes. Uh, get her to the vet. So we got her to the vet as quick as possible. Yeah. And they, she came back, and it was all okay because it was a superficial wound, um, but superficial wound for a deep dog. And <laughs> Poor Rosie. Yeah. Has been driven mad by the kind of existential implications of the whole thing. Yeah, I bet. Especially as she has to wear this sort of uh, romper suit to stop her from picking away ni- and worrying the stitches, you know? Yeah. And she's not a dog that wears clothes normally. She's, no. as I say, not superficial. No. Except for the wound. So. It was bad. We were watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here last night. It was was the first show of the new uh, season. It was a big family event in the Buckles household. My daughter is incredibly excited. But Rosie was just in such a bad state, like freaking out. She was disappointed
0: about Ant not being... She. It. I don't know about the about the thing. Yeah, Sorry, but I no, for, I'd no. forgotten about the cut. I think she. I was just
2: thinking about. She, yeah, no, she was happy about the situation yeah. with the show because okay. she thought Holly Willoughby absolutely smashed it. Yeah. And um, the the quality of the links was absolutely up there with the normal quality of the links.
0: And. At some point, someone's going to be able to work out a deck the halls with bows of holly. Aren't they going to be able to work that into yes. probably the Christmas episode?
2: I mean, have you applied for a job? I uh, haven't. They're
0: going to be able to work that in. I haven't quite got it. You need to get Frank Boff in maybe and then it deck the boffs with yeah. I and mean, then nice. be a visual we'll sort of work as a pun with bows, mm-hmm. uh, bow. It's uh, not uh, too the, late. The bow, bow, the bow bells. So it could be a double with the bow's bows. So you're actually doing two puns within it. That aren't officially puns. At this They're, point, uh, you've talked yourself out of the job. Could be Bo, <laughs> Bo Brumov, the, the, the dandy, could come in. Yeah, is the at, bones of Bo. At Brummel. this
2: point, the person in the meeting is calling security. <laughs>
0: It was going so well. Anyway, so I'm going to work out that. Yeah, so she wasn't happy about I'm a Celebrity, she wasn't enjoying the dog. Well,
2: no, it was very. It was hard for me to enjoy I'm a Celebrity because she was clearly in such distress. And it was uh, so weird, you know, it's it suddenly you're very painfully aware of how frustrating it is to be a dog and not have the power of actual speech. Yeah. And so you're set. And first of all, we tried putting the plastic cone on, yeah. you know. Joseph Coney, and she wasn't. That's the Coney costume, and she wasn't enjoying the
0: Coney costume. Yeah, too soon. The dog was the um, dog was the dog was put... the dog. The dog put the cone on, not you. I thought you. No, put we the put on. the cone on. Oh, okay, you put the yeah, cone yeah, yeah. on. Just
2: cheer her up. And it's terrible. Like she and she, she was sulking like a teenage child. You know, just sort of. Uh, Going and standing in the corner and facing away from us, she, she, it was just like, "What is? What the fuck is going on? Why have you done this to me? What have I done wrong? I hurt myself and now this."
0: No, it's terrible. Well, thank you for still coming in and doing the podcast after this distressing. Well, I might have to.
1: I'm just I understand now my... why
0: you've got the, the multimedia. Yeah, experience I'm e-
2: emailing my wife just to check on the check the dog Rosie, so, okay. but I've also got some gifts,
0: birthday oh. gifts for you. For m- birthday for me yeah because it's 200 right oh yes it is 200 the podcast yeah. birthday yeah so um, this, is one, my... nice Adam well, yeah. Really, this is one of my very nice about you Adam always brings gifts i very kind man it's one of my favourite books I got he flowers he bought me some uh, tea with a little strainer thing
2: oh yeah that's that right nice. yeah yeah that's when I did well I hope you enjoy this because I-, I love this book and I bought it uh, recently
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh... <laughs> that might be useful
2: it's really good. Now, I actually, I actually did buy this one, you but I, you got I, a free I got, one. I did get a free okay, one, good. but only recently, because on the back it actually has a quote from me. Perhaps yes. if Michael Parkinson had asked Muhammad Ali if he'd ever seen a Bigfoot, he might be remembered as a great interviewer. <laughs> Instead, it is Richard Herring who has perfected the art of creating fun, interesting, and offensive questions that will supercharge even the dullest encounter, Adam Buxton. So I thought, holy shit, I've written the thing on the back, and it's great. And, um, (laughs) as we've just seen... um, and I don't even get a free copy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I bought four copies. Because I was thinking, this will be th- these are actually good Christmas presents. They are
0: excellent Christmas presents. Yeah. It's yeah. Shame this is going out in February. I bought... Uh, they're excellent Valentine's presents. <laughs> I There's a whole
2: section about dating. I bought four copies, but, but I bought this one along because I hoped you might sign it. Of course I would. And be. write something funny in it. I gave, no, I I, I gave a copy to Louis Theroux when he Did came you? to stay the other day. And uh, he was there with his family... And Louis, you know, he's been on the show, he likes he you. He has, yeah. And so I thought, oh, this would be a good uh, Christmas present for Louis. And his youngest son had look, uh, looked through it. His youngest son is for, uh, four or five.
0: Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's not. Oh! A... Might be a couple of questions that are <laughs> a couple of questions aren't suitable.
2: No, surely he's target audience. <laughs> and he, he came up with a question. Okay. Would you rather have a bum that can talk or a willy that can poo on your hand? <laughs> so he's in the zone.
0: <laughs> I'd, rather, uh, I'd rather have a bum that can talk because my bum can poo in my hand. I know. <laughs> At I the moment. Realistically. <laughs> If I want a poo in my hand I just I, don't think I anyone go would... I just go under. I mean it's a little bit easier. Yeah. But I think the poo coming out of the willy would be it's, it's not too as, much. As, well, it wouldn't be as satisfyingly big. If I wanted some stringy <laughs> if I wanted a very stringy load of like like that silly string but made of poo, then I'd go for the willy. Good question, man. That is a good question. young mister for the master for the roof. Yeah. Is a good you'd expect from that. From that family that goes back so, yeah. many, gen- so many generations of creativity. It's a creativity. better
2: quality of
0: yeah. Uh, questions, yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I got you that.
2: I got you... I mean, that's not... <laughs> I have me. to that's... say
0: that your original quote, which they didn't let us use, it said, if Michael Parkinson asked Muhammad Ali if he'd ever tried to suck his own cock. Yes, that's which right. Was, which is better. <laughs> <laughs> but we had to change it to Bigfoot because they didn't want it on the back of the book for some reason. Right? <laughs> Why not just display what the book is? <laughs> and I got you another book...
2: Uh, that I really like That is nothing to do with you but has been oh. a favourite of mine have you got this one?
0: no but I love the, the Twitter feed yeah
2: because. so this is the book version of the well it started out as a Tumblr
1: right.
2: of, uh, called Bad Kids Jokes and it was a guy who edited a uh, kids joke website and he would have to sort of moderate it and he just kept all these all the completely nonsensical weird ones that were too strange to put on the website yeah. and he put them on his tumblr and now they've compiled the best of them uh, in this book and I've been reading these out for years on the radio and, yeah. and actually funnily enough they never really get a very good reaction <laughs> like when you do it when you do it live it doesn't come across right. reading them with your eyes
0: yes it's funnier than
2: it's like they're the best things you've ever ever seen it's the best comedy but when you read them out it doesn't quite work and I let's put that to the test but it doesn't stop me doing it okay <laughs> the other day I interviewed Niall Rogers you know him oh, yes I do yeah, yeah. He's one of the greatest producers ever and w- wonderful musician. And I was so excited to meet him. And I felt like, do you ever get this? I felt like we were going to get on so well
1: <laughs> that
2: there was nothing I couldn't say or do with him. That it, I, I had this fantasy of him laughing and laughing <laughs> at me reading out jokes from this book. Because yeah. I thought, for some reason, I thought, this is, he is going to love this. Niall Rogers is going to fucking love <laughs> kids write jokes.
0: Uh, so here's, here's one. Did he really hate it, Adam? Did he go, how dare you tell me nonsensical jokes?
2: He didn't do anything. <laughs> he, he's, no, it was, it was about as bad as it could be, really, because he sort of smiled politely, <laughs> like I was just a special needs guy, and I was... Excited to meet him, and, which in a way is true. But um, let's see, where, where's one of the ones? I mean, they're all pretty good. <laughs> what do you call a pig with... Well, and also I explained to him that I usually read them out in a special voice, Nile, okay. Which is like this. <laughs> what do you call a pig with ears? <laughs> Dumbhead. <laughs> Niall I'm Rogers well with my audience this smiles. My, my, my audience Niall smiles and nods understandingly what do you call a spider with no legs a hairy piece of trash <laughs> and it, in a, this is the last one that I'll read for the moment. We may come back to this. What You might need to. Similar uh, theme here. What do you call a sandwich with legs? Bready legs! <laughs>
0: <laughs> that nearly works, except it doesn't. A secondary meaning I suppose this is for you though thank you that's uh, very that is a lovely gift and I I I I loved your reading of it as well thanks man more than
2: Niall I hope you do the audio book that's you know an exclusive (laughs) so do I (laughs) that's um, because when my Niall Rogers interview comes out (laughs) it won't include this (laughs) (laughs) the kids jokes because that was a, be- a very sad moment. <laughs> I also got you one of my favorite films. Okay. It's uh, called Attack the Block. Oh, yes. It's by a, a promising young director called Corn.
0: Called yeah.
2: Have you seen this? I have
0: seen it, but I would love to see it again. I very much enjoyed have it. He's, he got a got a- geni- he's a genius, that guy. He is a genius. He's got
2: a new film out. Yeah,
0: I know. You're in it. I am in it. In an unspecified part, according to IMDB. Oh, okay. doesn't say what your character's called. It says Adam Buxton has nothing. doesn't <laughs> say. It doesn't have any, anything there. Uh, I so am
2: playing a tour guide at Stonehenge. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I filmed... Do you remember I sent you a text saying how much I enjoyed the Katie Brand episode of the podcast? Yes. And Because it was one of those moments that I, I was out... Staying in a hotel, and I had been that day on location right. shooting my cameo on Joe's film. And uh, it had been quite a weird experience. It's just strange seeing him on a big-budget film surrounded by a giant crew and people doing his bidding and worshipping him <laughs> and <laughs> acting like he's special. And, <laughs> and he was really nice. Joe was scrupulously lovely and uh, mindful of the fact that maybe I would be angry and, <laughs> and pissed off but he was um, really really nice and cool but that only went so far and when I asked him like I had some ideas for how I was going to play this part right? I only had a few lines but I thought I'd watched With Null and I a few weeks previously which I, which I do uh, every year you know it's yeah. one of those films I love it and one of the great things Things about that film and a film like American Werewolf in London is that there are, in every scene almost, brilliantly funny character studies. Just that would normally be throwaway parts, just a couple yeah. of lines that would be totally anonymous. But every single actor they've got to do these parts has just turned it up to eleven. You know, I thought that's what I'll do with the uh, <laughs> with the tour guide at Stonehenge. I'm going to fucking go mental on this thing. <laughs> I've got a lot of funny voices. and <laughs> So I did the uh, voice I was thinking of for Joe, and he said, mm, no. <laughs> no, no need to do it like that. Just uh, totally natural is fine. And so that was that. <laughs> and then uh, at the hotel that night, I was just, you know, I thought, well, that was sort of, that yeah, was fun that was fun I'm glad it was nice of Joe to ask me to be in it but I was a little deflated yeah. and listening to your podcast with Katie Brand just made me so happy oh. it cheered me up Good. and I just thought oh I'm so glad that there's people in the world that are doing this and yeah
0: it does help a lot of people with depression <laughs> <laughs> it just, if this is going well it's not as bad as it just my life's off. not as bad as that that's right did the that's good. You know, there's uh, a trope with scenes in Stonehenge that I want to see whether this happens in the film If it might be too much of a spoiler but yeah. it's very difficult to do a film about Stonehenge that doesn't involve someone leaning on or knocking over part of Stonehenge and it's collapsing <laughs> like, dominoes. like dominoes. I don't think I've ever seen anyone not do that. It's oh, like, really? It's like when, you're, uh, when there's ever a scene in an airport with a, with a luggage carousel, the yep. luggage coming out, it's nearly every time that happens, a person ends up either coming out of the thing or falls onto the luggage carousel. Uh-huh. It's very rare you'll see someone avoid that trope. Does Stonehenge fall over in, when you're the tour guide? No. Wow. I want to see this film.
2: No, (laughs) Cornish never goes for the obvious. He's always (laughs) a couple of steps ahead of the audience. Listen, if he didn't want the amazing funny voices that I (laughs) had lined up, then he's not going to start knocking over Stonehenge monuments. Here is another gift. Oh, this is
0: too many gifts. I mean, this is a lot of gifts. Embarrassed. I'll this is my DVD. Oh, yes.
2: Deadpan Magazine. <laughs> Britain's rip roaring comedy magazine. One today. A- a- uh, issue 13, April 1995. Cover stars Stuart Lee and Richard Herring. <laughs> attack, attack. The new comedy underground. Quote Our ultimate aim is to be worshipped as
1: gods. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and i read the i read i read because i think i bought this at the time and i thought fuck them both. <laughs> i don't think i even read it but i i'm
0: wearing a duffel coat in that picture so you know i don't think I've, my chances of being a god uh, it's quite a cool duffel coat thing with like metal clasps
2: like oh yeah no you look you look good you yeah. both look good but um well,
0: comparatively although actually yeah
2: But I was so... I think I was jealous because I just thought, oh, Fist of Fun, that looks... Why are they on BBC Two, like proper TV and they've got a studio and proper cameras and we're just still fiddling around with our high eight cameras?
0: We had actors rather than teddy bears.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And also I felt bad because we'd sort of... We didn't steal it off you, but it was just synchronicity. But unfortunate because it definitely looked like we had stolen off you the idea of doing the sort of blipvert yeah, things, yeah. Um, the flash frames at the end of the sure. thing. So I just it's thought, mm-hmm. uh, stole it. These guys make me feel bad <laughs> about myself. Um, Richard on Stuart. This is a little just pull quote with you talking about Stuart. He's quite serious, although he pretends to be more serious than he is. Because he's a silly child most of the time. He's affectatious about things like art when he knows they're rubbish. (laughs) He's quite keen on looking clever. He's very interested in music, but he only likes music no one else would like. (laughs) Which sums up his personality. He... (laughs) He worries about what people think to the extent that he makes things worse by going on about them so much. Very true. He's a little bit paranoid and he goes a bit mental sometimes. He drinks too much. (laughs) Wow. And he's always late and he's lazy. The best best way to upset him is to be rude about his girlfriend. (laughs) And he's not... (laughs)
0: you would have thought it. <laughs> it's like I've tried every single way to upset him. <laughs> That's the best one. I did a lot.
2: <laughs> I mean, that does work on most people, doesn't it? That's a good... That's a top... Uh, top tip for... Uh, upsetting. Anyone keen on upsetting someone. Have you tried being rude about their girlfriend slash boyfriend. Um, he's not competitive, so it's no fun playing games against him because he's so afraid of losing that he <laughs> pretends he doesn't care.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I still, I still say, I think I said that on an interview today about him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's quite fun, though, looking through it and seeing all the, all the names who've gone on to uh, bigger and better things Wait, or at so- least... Or at least stuck around, and then other people who just uh, well,
0: those thought... But it was one of the many attempts. And this one lasted a year. I think this might have been the, even the last issue of it. It might have been one more issue after this. But there was loads of attempts in the nights to do a comedy magazine when comedy was the new rock and roll. Yes. And it all fell apart because there wasn't enough people interested in, in comedy yeah. <laughs> to sustain a magazine, even in that age when people bought magazines.
2: There's a big interview with uh, a, a commissioner at Channel 4... And I just thought, wow, that's what it was like then. Um, yeah, I don't think you'd have that anymore, would you? Um, I mean, really, well, who maybe gives not, a yeah. shit? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose people in the industry might, and they might think, oh, yeah, it'd be interesting to find out what the, the gatekeepers think. Um, oh, yes, yeah. There he is, Seamus Cassidy. Seamus Cassidy yeah. And he's got a sort of rock star y, <laughs> sneery photo. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm Seamus Cassidy, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm a fucking gatekeeper, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in, fuck off away from the gate. He's got his arms crossed. He's, yeah. have to... he's probably a delightful person, but, they, but yeah. they posed him to sort of fit in with the magazine's <laughs> fuck-off aesthetic, <laughs> along with Lee and Harry. <laughs> Smoking.
0: I think it was the only time I ever, was ever on the cover of a magazine. Would you like that? I probably have one, but yes, I will take it. I'll eBay it and send it to some idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I eBayed all my Lee and Herring stuff. I just got rid of it. Oh, all. did you? Yeah, yeah. How much did you get for it? Well, quite a lot of things. I did, the only, I've still got his store, but I think we might right. gift that to... It's very broken up. Someone's offered to mend it, actually, but I've, I'm going to gift it to the Museum of Comedy, I think. Yeah. I don't think I can sell his store. No. But I uh, did sell a few, a few scripts and bits and bobs.
2: Doesn't it take... L- like, isn't the admin involved with selling stuff on eBay? Doesn't that w- completely outweigh any money you might
0: make No, you could make, make some quite good money. Oh, really? You? Yeah. Well, you was, know, was... 20, 30 <laughs> Yeah. LAUGHTER <laughs> all, I think I needed the money at the time I think I just wanted to get, I thought let's get rid of a lot of this stuff What's
2: the what was the item that sold for most
0: I can't remember with the Lee and Herring stuff with the, I sold the first um, book from you know my question book from the podcast which wasn't I didn't get anyone to sign them in those days mm. and it, so that's of about 1500 quid the Slytherin Whoa. notebook but the guy who bought it uh, sent me a video. <laughs> His daughter said, why don't you just put in a bid to knock up a bit? Someone else will come. It was going you know, it was going up that way and he put in 1,500 quid or something. Wow. And then there's a video of him for the last 30 seconds going, no, 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 no,
1: no! why?
0: But he did pay up, unlike the person who uh, bid for the second book who uh, didn't, who just said, oh, actually, can I... Uh, can I just, you just send it, Can you have a look at it? And then I, I can't, I haven't got the money at the moment, can you pay me down the line? Please don't uh, affect my ratings on eBay for me having... Right. And so I didn't send it to him, and, yeah. but I didn't make him pay for it. And then I gave it away. Now I just give him away to... Pay. Yeah, that's the thing. But the thing, you know, it? 1,500 quid, doesn't you know, that pay your fee tonight? Sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, pay for Rosie's health care. Yeah, and, that's true.
0: Uh, she, have you got your dog insured Have you got insurance for the, for the pets? Because that's where it would really pay off. There,
2: yeah. I don't know. That's something I need to email my wife about. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, the other day, um, I uh, was—I'd just done a show, I think, and I was in a a similar position to with the Katie Brand one. You know, I I wanted a a friendly voice in my ears, so I download uh, the Stone Clearing podcast. Oh yes, yeah. By the way, I immediately gave it five stars. <laughs> Thank you, without even listening. <laughs> good, because it had like loads of really good <laughs> rating. and also people. I I just l- love it when people give my podcast posit- a positive yes, rating. Yes, it's nice. You know, I just think what kind of bastard gives you less than five stars? <laughs> It's like congratulations you made a podcast and you uploaded it five stars. Well done that's the way I think. Don't don't start going yes but uh, it flags a little bit uh, towards the I find some of the views a little bit repetitive and irritating and uh, pompous. No five stars.
0: But well, the reviews are the best thing. And with Me One vs. Me Two Snooker, that's part of it. Yeah. And the reviews are sort of joining in with you know, yeah. what the spirit of the podcast. I'm not but going I to mean, say it's a joke because they're it's, not very serious podcast.
1: Yeah.
2: It's 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to the whole thing. Um, here's some quotes I don't know how many stones are on this field. But it looks like a lot. <laughs> Five minutes in we are at this point. A stone, is, a stone is like an apple. You know when it's ready to be picked. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. Morally speaking, it's wrong to move someone else's stone. At that point, I did switch off.
1: <laughs>
0: There's no rules, but there's a lot of morality in stone clearing, I think. Yeah. Um,
2: what do, you do, do you record it on your phone?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got, uh, I've got earpods, those Apple earpods. Holy. And then goodness. I've got a microphone in them. But it's actually quite... I, well, I was going to ask you, because yours is very good quality when you go out and uh, record on the field. But you, I can't hold a yeah, microphone. Yeah, I, I don't hand. record
2: on headphones. That's my secret. yeah.
0: <laughs> but I can't be holding stuff. I record on that. I can't hold it, can I? Well, I, I can't give up my, one of my stone-carrying hands. Couldn't you make some sort of contraption, a bit like,
2: um, uh, what's his name? Peter Gabriel, when he's on stage, you know he has like a whole thing to hold
0: up. I don't think I could, because then the dog, it's very important that it's secret what I'm doing. Okay. And so the other dog walkers I'm not allowed to know, and no one else is allowed to know what I'm doing. Yeah. So if I was walking around with a microphone, I think it might affect their... uh, What I'm really looking forward to is, often I have conversations with strangers as I'm walking around the field. Yeah. Uh, I met the guy. There's, a, there's the main can that I've built into quite an impressive can was there already. There was a tiny can there, and uh, the guy, unbelievably, the first dog walker who saw me in the middle of the field picking up stones said, Are "You pick, collecting stones?" I went, "Um, no." <laughs> and he said, "I oh, know. I used to." Do, that's can at the end. That's me and my friend. We always just pick up one stone and throw it on there. One mm. stone. Uh, he was an old guy. I looked at him for "You're never going to clear this field one stone a day, mate. You're fucking grip. You're about eighty. Come on." What constitutes a can? Uh, well, you know, just any collection of stones, really. I call a small one a nest because it looks like a little nest of eggs and then that will grow and grow. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to make a wall and that is the, in that little corner I have the beginnings of a wall going that way.
2: This is what the podcast is like. <laughs> Except not so well recorded.
0: <laughs> so it looks... If I've got the earpods in and they do work as microphones after a fashion then um, I could pretend I was listening to some music or on a phone call because I'm walking around talking to myself. Yeah. If you saw a man walking around a field talking to himself, picking up stones and throwing them into the bushes, you'd think he was insane. <laughs> so I have to have an... Ex- that's a good way of excusing myself. I think he was
2: insane or I think he was an artist. You know, yeah. there's a, g- a great tradition, of course, in the art world of uh, moving stones and rearranging yeah. nature. Yeah. Richard Long, wasn't he the king he of, of that? He did a little bit
0: of that. Yeah. Not, as well as, not as good as what as doing. good as you.
2: And, of course, what it, some of his pieces in gallery form now are just photographs yeah. of a field and then a description of what he had done that day. Yeah. You could do that.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm pl- I sort of think I might win. He's already won the Turner Prize, is he, Richard Long? Did he win it? I think... I'm hoping to win the Turner Prize anyway, and then I'm going to donate the money... To, to the playground that's next to the field. Oh, okay, because it's rubbish. Yeah. In our village, and, you know, then because I reckon if the if the farmer got wind that I was making money off of moving his stones around, mm-hmm. I don't know if he or her or her, I don't know if uh, they're annoyed about what I'm doing or if it's useful yeah. or actually counterproductive, and I don't want to know.
2: <laughs> or you could take some of that eBay money. Yeah. Give that to the kids. No,
0: that's no, mine. <laughs> so, I used it to, for podcasts. That's what I did with the. the that's what I did with the. Uh-huh. F- the valuable fist of fun hundreds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now look backstage. Um, I'm interviewing you now.
0: Yeah, um, it seems to go that way.
2: Can you? I asked you if you could sing the tune they play at the Groundhog Ceremony in Groundhog. Oh, no, I've there. nearly got it now. Yeah, go on.
0: Ba, 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 there you go. The Tarasana Polka. Yeah, that's good. Because uh, 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 I couldn't do it backstage, but now it's completely come to me. Cut out your troubles and go down the thing.
2: That's right.
0: Here comes a grandpa. Do you
2: think, audience, you could sing it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got. It's called the
0: Pennsylvania Polka. The Pennsylvania Polka. Yeah. 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 So
2: it existed before. It wasn't written for the movie, and the lyrics. I just thought it would be fun to sing it, seeing as we've done this so many times. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Strike up the music, the band has begun, the Pennsylvania polka. Pick out your partner and join in the fun. The Pennsylvania (laughs) polka. It started in Scranton, it's now number one. (laughs) It's bound to entertain ya. Everybody has a mania to do the poker from Pennsylvania. Can you remember all of that? No. (laughs) You'll probably have to cut this out, won't you?
0: (laughs) Psycho... The, Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania, poker. Pennsylvania poker Pick
2: out your partner and join the fun.
0: Pick out your partner and join in the fun. Pennsylvania poker. The Pennsylvania poker.
2: Started in Scranton now number one.
0: Started in Scranton.
2: It's bound to entertain you.
0: It's bound to entertain you.
1: Shut up. <laughs>
2: I mean, that, that song, though, really doesn't that make you happy when you hear that music? Yeah. It's sort of brilliant that they used that piece of music, which could so easily have been. It's got, it's got a sort of irritating quality to it, but it's so joyful that you don't care. And it just makes you feel happy.
1: Yeah.
2: I love that. Until film. you hear it every day. Yeah.
0: Then it grinds into your head.
2: Yeah, but then it kind of comes. It's a bit like a Stuart Lee routine in that way.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you go through. Starts out being fun, then you go through a long period of thinking, oh, Jesus, I can't deal with this. And then you break through into another sort of, whoa, this is amazing. That's how I feel about uh, the Pennsylvania polka.
0: What's the name of the lady that he finds out the details from and then comes and she's standing there by the bandstand while that's playing... The girl that he meets in the yeah. cafe and goes, what's your name? Where did you go to school? Um, who's your third grade teacher? I don't know. I can't remember. What's her name? Anyone? Nancy. 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 The only one I know is Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> it's a
2: great film. It's amazing. It's a great film. He's really good. That actor, the guy that, says, the guy that plays Ned Ryerson, does anyone know that? That's deep level. There you go, Stephen Tobolowsky. So he's done <laughs> two two people. Go. I mean, he's he's pretty famous and he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But um, and he is he is okay. Here's my Stephen Tobolowsky story, which only just I, I, I just remembered. He uh, he is responsible for the name Radiohead, the band name Radiohead, because he was working with David Byrne. I can't remember exactly what he was doing. He, was he writing? He was helping with Stop Making Sense in some capacity, working with Jonathan Demme. And he was talking to David Byrne about the idea of a um, uh, people picking up sort of radio signals and thoughts. I'm probably mangling this a little bit. But basically, David Byrne was taken with the idea of this kind of psychic radio yeah. and wrote a song called Radiohead okay. on a Talking Heads album. And then... Um, uh, the band Radiohead named well, themselves after that song that,
0: they weren't called that then, no they were, they were called
2: on a Friday
0: yeah and then they heard that and think that's better yeah the better name
2: uh, and they were what else were they called they were called something like Whirly Gig or something right. they had some terrible names yeah anyway there you go Stephen Tobolowsky
1: yeah
2: that's not why I forced anyone <laughs> to sing Pennsylvania <laughs> it was Polka. nearly
1: it
0: wasn't as much fun ironically as when we sp- sang the specials at the end of the last yeah month. that's right that was good fun yeah not uh, Terry Hall's era specials, though. No. Um, but Did yeah. Terry Hall free Nelson Mandela? Did he fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's back this week. Has <laughs> he come back? Oh, yeah. shit.
2: Um, have you been playing that game, the free Nelson Mandela? <laughs> on my own. <laughs> on your own, yeah. Are you so tall that you can reach lots of stuff? Are you so boring that people ignore you?
0: I haven't been playing. I, just, I do think about it every now and again, yeah. and it tickles me. Well, actually, if you listen to the podcast, we didn't do very well. We didn't do that well.
2: <laughs> Are you so lost that you need a map? <laughs> I mean, you can go on for ages. <laughs> anyway, kids write jokes. What? Um, <laughs> What is the secret ingredient of a toilet? Pooh. <laughs> Why did the cow go to the movies? Because movies!
0: So close, so close to being a joke, though. They liked it. They liked over there. This this
2: one is in the form of a play. It's the last one I'll do. Mum. There are worms in my plate. (laughs) Waiter. Those are sausages. (laughs) You see, if that's what the theatre was always like, I would go way more often.
0: Well, let's ask you a couple of questions from the uh, emergency questions, or so I've done something. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> strike so, uh, up the, money,
2: the music, message. the band. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: what food have you consumed the longest after its expiration date, and what were the consequences of that, if any? Oh. Do you eat food after its... Because I'm happy to eat pretty much anything. Uh, and I... my wife's very, very... Uh, Strictly adheres to. So we, the other day we had um, some raspberries. Uh-huh. Okay. You can tell if raspberries are okay. The, we had them at six o'clock in the morning. They went out of date at twelve o'clock the previous. <laughs> I said I reckon they'll be okay for another six hours on top of the. And they probably factored that in <laughs> when they do it. They think they're going to eat them a couple of days later. We just have that's just a warning. Yeah. Uh, so I ate those and was fine. Yeah. I have been... i ate some bacon and was sick, though.
2: Was it old bacon?
0: Well, it didn't have a sell-by date on it because it was from a butcher's, but it hadn't been open that long, but it'd been open for a bit. Was it silvery? It might have been a little, but I didn't really...
2: You know, it was... Sometimes they're silvery and it's okay.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's, you can't tell, can you? And, like, no. when you get fish, you smell it and go, it, it smells horrible.
2: Yeah, it smells like fish. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it smells like, like dead, dead fish. You.
0: Are you... Are you, uh, do, are you uh, I, the only thing
2: the, the, that worries me is poultry when that smells gamey you yes know? if you get some chicken breasts out and they are a bit whiffy yeah I wouldn't go for those because I have done in the past yeah and yeah maybe that's the answer is that chicken in the past I've thought nah, because I, I, I think the same as you and I also think that it's probably um, the supermarkets trying to encourage you to throw stuff away mm-hmm. trying to encourage waste so that you'll buy more stuff yeah and setting these ludicrous sell-by dates on things that actually you could keep them for 10 years and they'd be fine. But they don't want you to because they know that there's the, they, they want to have a built-in obsolescence and, or a sell-by date. Anyway, um, but yeah, with… it's um, a good answer to the question.
0: With, I, I, you, you can only work with what I've given you, Adam, and it's, okay. Okay. it's a thorough answer to the question.
2: But yeah, with chicken, so, so I, I took it out of the wrapper and it was maybe two days gone. Mm. And I thought, ah, that will be fine and um, it did smell a little bit like feet yeah. and i thought ah eh, i like feet so <laughs> pop it in the uh, oven uh, make myself a nice sandwich and it, but it tasted the same as it smelled and then i felt i felt sad and then <laughs> i stopped eating it cuz i didn't yeah. want to get ill cuz i think that's one of the ones isn't it that yeah you're no, it's
0: very da- dangerous dangerous yes yes yeah okay no, it's been a public information film, in a way, this bit. Raspberries have a go, that's what I say. Uh, if you were stranded on a desert island and were allowed to have eight disc-shaped items with you... <laughs> but you could not have two of any kind of individual item, which eight discs would you have with you? I can tell you what I've got if it would help, but it, yeah, would, help with, it would help a bit too much. I'll give you some examples. Sorry. A discus... A floppy disc. Mm. A golden disc of, like, my selection of music. Yeah, okay. A gold disc. Uh, Total Recall DVD, it's a disc. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Sliding doors on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. A CD-ROM of some very soft porn that I got given by a friend in the 90s.
2: A CD-ROM. There was a ice-
0: CD-ROM of, like, and it was, like, it would come out, the box in the middle was about that big, and so yeah. the screen, and it was, like, girls... Uh, cleaning cars in their clothes and then getting wet and then slowly taking off.
2: Yes, like well, the like, scene in Cool Hand
0: Luke. Yeah. Yeah. But they did get down to being bare, I think, in the end, but that was it. And in the 1990s, that was enough for me. Yeah. In the days before, hardcore be pornography is not enough now.
2: It should be enough
0: for anyone. I haven't though. looked at that CD-ROM for a while, but I don't think it would, it would do the job for me now.
2: It's, um... I'd say that post me too it's uh not considered the best way to clean a car <laughs> <laughs> that was a concern for me yeah uh, a disc would i would have a frisbee yeah i'd have uh, the, the uh, my favorite brand is aerobi okay um, because they don't uh break your fingers when someone throws them and they they slam into your fingers okay that's good you know like the really hard ones you can break your hand.
0: Yeah. And my, Some of them are br- sort of brittle plastic yeah, as well. Sharp my ones.
2: son, um, he's quite sort of gung-ho. My, my middle son, he's uh, 14 years old, and he loves sport and everything. He's sort of the opposite of me. And he, uh, he's determined to be able to... He wants to learn how to catch a Frisbee in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I, And I'm doing it with the aerobi, which has a soft, uh, rubbery yeah. edge. But even so... If you lob that at someone and it hits them in, in a tender part of their anatomy, yeah. for example, the face or mouth, that's painful. Yeah, yeah. But he he says, Go on, Dad, go on, do it, I'm gonna do it this time, I'm gonna do it. And every single time it just smacks him in the middle of the <laughs> face. And he goes, Oh god, oh god. And it makes me wince because the idea of it is so terrible and painful. He goes, Do it again, do it again. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to hurt you anymore. Go on, I can do it this time, I can do it. (laughs) He's never
0: done it. (laughs) So I'd take that. Yeah. Uh, What other discs I would take? I've also gone, just what you're thinking, a magical disc from a future civilization that you could spin and which would tell you all of history like in the time machine the film The Time Machine yeah it, remember that they spin the discs oh okay in again another goes, description of that
2: would be a CD-ROM or...
0: well it's not because it's a disc that a uh, future goes and in the future wars there came the nuclear war in the 1960s that destroyed that um, shot with the di- shop the dummy in it kept <laughs> changing and I'd also get a disc shaped flying saucer so I could escape whilst throwing all the other discs into the sea <laughs> I didn't. I forgot that you provided
2: answers. I do sometimes for them. to some of
0: them because, you know, they're quite boring, some of the questions.
2: <laughs> it's hard doing a thousand and one. Uh, it really is, but there is, I mean, you realise there's an art to it. Yes. Uh, when you're reading this book. <laughs> no, which uh, I'm saying you've mastered the Oh, art. thank you, yeah. Uh, let me ask you one. All right. I think my favourite ones. It's not
0: fair. someone's brought their own I book I quote... along. I, I didn't consider this when they printed, mass-printed these... <laughs> That this was a possibility is uh, is. Are you a racist in here? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if I put that in this one. Like it was a running theme throughout the Orange original book. That is a good one. You might catch them out. Um,
2: <laughs> which of your teachers do you think is most likely to secretly be a werewolf?
0: That's, the, that's a kids section. That's really. I'm, I'm a 51 year old man. It's ridiculous to ask me that question. The answer is Mr. Gosling. <laughs> it was Mr. Gosling. There's questions for dates. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful artifact. Okay. Okay.
2: Does anyone genuinely enjoy skiing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> someone you... did, because one of the interviews I did, someone was going on about how great skiing was. And mm. one of the... Have you ever oh, been skiing? Was... I have, and I hate it. Oh. Do you go skiing?
2: Uh, I just started again recently, uh, having not been for posh, years. Though, aren't
0: you? You're posh to, You're not You're You don't have you? to be Posta. You have skiing. to be Go skiing? No. It's expensive.
2: It's no more expensive if you
0: you can do it on a budget. It's no more expensive than owning a gondola in Venice, <laughs> keeping that tethered there for if I happen to pass through. It's a piffling, trifling expense. Listen. One of the things—it's not really the expense that I'm not very good at it. Yeah, Uh, and also I don't see any pleasure in it.
2: Oh, come on! Oh, please do come on! (laughs) Look for God's sake, it's it's absolutely terrific (laughs) and so so fun. And I think you'd really, really enjoy it. And you should
0: give it another chance. I've been twice. I've given it another chance. Yeah. And I had a worse time the second. time. Where did you go? We went to... A big mountain with loads of snow on it the first time. Yeah. Did you go... One one was in Austria and one was in... Oh,
2: God, no, no. (laughs) You don't go to Austria. You go Courchevel or... Mirafrancoise or... I don't know. I'm making them up now. But, um... (laughs) I mean, I definitely have had fun. The problem with skiing is that there's so many variables. Yes, it is quite expensive. Although there is a way of doing it on a budget, Uh, but it doesn't involve skis. And um, (laughs) and also, yeah, lots of variables. You know, if the weather is no good, mm, my
0: feet are short but wide, and I've yet to find uh, ski boots that, yeah. (laughs) I've yet to find ski boots that do not cause me to be in constant agony yep. all the way, every move I make for the whole day. That's the first reason I don't like it. Yep. What I like about it is taking the boots off at the end of the day and you realise how lovely your life is. Yes. But I don't know how your normal life, and so that's what I think, is people go just to go, ah, oh, I'll never complain about anything again. Thank you, Thank you, God, for stopping the pain. Well, there is that. It feels dangerous to me, like people have just fallen over, banged their head and died within two hours, fallen off a cliff or get covered in snow drifts. People do die, yeah, defo. Um, Children are really good at it, and I'm not very good at it. That's humiliating. Yeah, uh, I was forced. The second I had a proper skiing so I did it this thing. I wrote in the metro, and then the Austrian tour board, tourist board, said, "Will you give it another chance? Come to Austria. We'll provide you with uh, an expert skier, and we'll get you a nanny for your child." And my wife was very excited because uh, she yeah. wanted to. She loves skiing. Uh, and she's not posh, so you, you may be proven correct. Uh, and this expert skier said, right, first of all, just, uh, I can't remember the turnstrip, but we had to cross the thing to get to the ski lift, going go across walk? like that. Yeah, well, sort of walk, <laughs> but sideways. And I said, no, you don't understand, I can't remember how to do anything. I was terrible the yeah. first time. And so he's, oh. he's like, oh. He didn't realise how, basically, I was, didn't know how to ski. So wait, you did go? Yeah, I went, and he took, we went, and he took us up the mountain, and yes. I had to ski all the way down the mountain like from halfway up or something
2: did you arrange with the austrian tourist board beforehand like that you were going to have to write a column or something yes and so did you write the column yes and you complained about
0: it (laughs) i said i didn't like skiing i said that it was the hotel was very nice yeah it was lovely to have someone looking after our child (laughs) they want to do that all the time for us (laughs) that's fine but others have to go skiing i like eating cheese i like drinking beer Didn't like all the other stuff. I went in, I went in the, uh, they had a lovely spa on the last day, and went in there and uh, did a routine about being in a, uh, got in the sauna, and when I got in the sauna, the door opened and a completely naked 55 year old woman walked in, went, hello, and lay down opposite me with everything showing. Double, like an end to end flesh colored rainbow. (laughs) Double rainbow. Uh, And, uh, but there were signs outside saying that you had to be naked in the sauna because it's Austria. Right. So I was actually the one who was the, the You vault. have to be naked in yeah. the... What, in the hotel? Hotel sauna. Not in the whole hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Just uh, in, in the, in sauna, the sauna, there's sauna, there's a special sure. place you can go. Just go, look at that, Rich. What do you think of So you... Look at got... my Austrian vagina. I don't want to. Well, I'll have a little look. I followed you around the room. I couldn't... Can... <laughs> it's a very small space. <laughs> my wife came in I thought well, it's... I was very embarrassed but I got a very funny routine out of it yeah
2: um, and were the Austrian tourist board satisfied yeah
0: they seemed to be yeah it was the one time I did the metro and they you know they didn't I wasn't paid to write by something but I I had to um, had a crisis of conscience going is this morally wrong and if the metro find out that I've done I'm writing some art, cause I didn't tell the metro oh you thing. didn't tell them right no. So I just said, I wrote my I'm going on thing. And then I recommend the hotel. I think, they, I think everyone does it, but it made me feel uneasy because I felt like I was, I was selling out my Metro column, which meant a lot to me. and was very... Yeah. It was very... Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: I did a, a, a skiing episode of the podcast. In, in sort of similar circumstances, I was contacted by someone who runs a chalet. And uh, they said, oh, we really like the podcast. How would you like to come out? And do an episode out here and uh, you can stay as our guests, you know. So I was like, I uh, ran that by my wife and she said, yep,
1: <laughs> let's
2: definitely do that. So it was, I'm, I've never seen her so happy. <laughs> I, mean, I've, I mean, yeah, she, it was like the moment where she suddenly s- looked at me in a new way like, God, wow, you're great. <laughs> And now I understand what you do. This is brilliant. <laughs> so we went anyway, and I, I, we had a very nice time. And I I really slaved on the episode to sort of make it to sort of strike the right tone, so it didn't feel like just a big advertorial. Yeah. I justified it to myself because my dad was a travel writer, and um, that's you know the business of travel journalism is you get paid to go places and sure, then sure. you write about it. You don't necessarily have to eulogize yep. but you go there and uh, you know your accommodation is paid for in return for a column about that anyway so i felt as if i was doing something in that tradition and being straight with the audience about it and hopefully giving them an episode that they would enjoy and i think a lot of people really did like it some people felt like oh this is i got some very nice messages but i also got a high number of messages from people that said fuck you <laughs> and you are your... This is it for me and your free fucking podcast. You, you fucking twat. Slap us in the face with your skiing holiday, you bastard. And I was... I, went, I, I, I sort of didn't engage with a lot of the more unreasonable anger, but there were a few messages from people who seemed quite intelligent um, that that were so passionately indignant that I had done this, and I just genuinely didn't understand why i just thought i've done this in a total spirit of open-hearted enjoyment um, but they felt that i was kind of lording it over them or something i don't know and so so i went back and forth with one guy who was a documentary maker or something and um i he he was just out he said it's just an advert you just made a big long advert i said well that's one way of looking at it (laughs) But I felt like I made a big, long, brilliant advert. That <laughs> <laughs> it took me to ages to make, and that I made with a huge amount of love. And um, also, like I maybe it's just my generation. I used to, I used to like adverts. Yes, you know what I mean. I, do, yeah. I actually wanted to be in advertising when I was little. I used right. to think, "Oh, that's great! Like, what what would be better than to make little witty short no, that's films?" That's true. I
0: felt the same as well. You, you know, know what I mean? Like yeah. good
2: adverts, not yeah. adverts that are totally insulting. And,
0: but um, you do well in your podcast. I mean, in fact, the last time we had we we discussed sponsorship, and I was on um, you taught, won me round on the last podcast into being sponsored. Clearly, fancy a uh, beer, fifty-two beer. <laughs> Yeah, what? What? There's uh, a few choices here. Um, uh, okay, a, this one. What's the lowest one alcohol? One. Monk. They're all quite high. You're driving. They're all quite high uh, alcohol. But you get this one is with one. four. I'll go for this yeah, one. Yeah. There's, uh, a, uh, there's a uh, there's a bottle opener you might need for. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll oh open mate. Open that for you. Uh, Bf52.com dot com slash uh, Rahulis, but if you want to. Uh, <laughs> 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 there we go. Thank you very much. Uh, if you, oops, to do that. But yeah, you, your, I mean the, the sponsorship you do on your podcast is extremely good. Thank you. Unlike mine, in which I'm slightly free about the products, for they don't seem to mind. Um,
2: well, you're still in the phase where you are, as we've just established, conflicted because you're, that's your background. I never really had any... Uh, I always felt a a certain affection for advertising and I always felt maybe misguidedly that if you did it, without insult there was a way to do it without insulting yeah. the audience that, that would be fun and everyone could kind of win I don't know maybe as I say I'm deluding myself But
0: I don't think so I think they're, inter- they're, not, they're, they're unobtrusive and they're entertaining themselves which is all you want and, and you seem to have a, some selection over what you advertise which I do obviously yeah, yeah. so you only have things that you think could
2: yeah I'd rather make them myself than have the ones they make and tag on you sure, know what sure. I mean um, um, it's fun yeah and I
0: think you know I, ultimately it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing that, that financing something like this because you go alright do I get everybody to chip in and people are really nice and do chip in and do the kickstarters for me and that's nice yeah. would they feel it'd be nicer if I didn't do that and just got someone to give me the money to make <laughs> the podcast
2: yeah that's the thing what do
0: you think would you rather pay or would you rather I'd do, would you rather if you want to do kickstarters cheer now yes. if you want to have adverts in cheer now it was 50-50, did didn't it? If I had adverts in, and you don't like adverts, would it make you stop listening to the podcast? Okay, so fuck you. Let's have some more. Let's get let's get some of that sweet money. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> they, no, they, it's you, you know, it is that idea that you're putting this effort into making the ad- ads, and you know, I think you'd be delighted with that as a as a sponsor.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, there I there, there are some, some. There's a danger sometimes that they. Uh, put too much work on you, and they sort of basically give you a brief that's very nebulous, and they're they're asking you to come up with something that, you know, in normal circumstances they would pay some uh, creative <laughs> team thousands of pounds for, sure. and they're just like, yeah, hey, do a song about this very complicated subject, and because sometimes it's not a product, sometimes it'll be, you know, a charity or or it'll just be a kind of public awareness campaign. Sometimes, sure. And so you really have to think. Like I don't know, I, uh, this is going to take too long. You know. Yeah. At the end of the day, I've got to go. But back then to.
0: you've done that your whole group. I mean, that's the whole song wars thing that you did with Joe was insanely time-consuming. Surely it was. Yeah. Uh, but was worth it because you created <laughs> these genuinely, you know, and actually memorable songs. I sing the Quantum Solace one all the time. Oh, okay. I, st- I always comes to mind. I say, why can't I live? Why can't I live forever? I yeah. live forever all the time. I'm always seeing that. <laughs> They're really good, and that quality is worth you know down the line. It's worth it, isn't it? Because you you're giving something that's entertaining, and so I think that's that's great to do. And and, and it doesn't you know I think I think you realise with podcasting that that's the deal, isn't it? That it's either either you say everyone give me a pound, and one percent of people do. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to the one percent. Uh, and or you or you you know this series is a bit of both. So it's a bit of beer fifty two and a bit of. Fantastic Kickstarter awards that will be coming through soon to the people who've done the, the Rubik's Cube we did for this. Have the you Rubik's, had a Rubik's
2: Cube made? Uh,
0: Rubik's Re- Cube made with all like Rahul things. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, it's too good. Chris Evans, not that one, puts wait He's like you. He puts way too much effort. You could just give everyone like a little fifty p one. Like that. No, he spent thousands yeah. on them. No, it's good. You got to do things with yeah. love, hey.
2: Uh, this is delicious, Arepa and Co. Mm. Yeah.
0: Can you put more effort into the adverts you're doing on my podcast than you you currently are? No, it's good. Yeah, it's 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 all very interesting. It's a (laughs) fresh,
2: zesty and refreshing taste. This beer... No, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're doing Acast as well, which says that's, that's... that's a platform that a lot of the podcasts are using at the moment.
2: Yeah, they're, they're huge. They've yeah. got more and more people on there every day. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. But you must be one of the biggest podcasts on Acast.
2: I don't look at my numbers, Richard. Do you not? No.
0: Do you look at the checks that come through? Uh, I do look at the statements, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> uh, did we
2: talk about this last time?
0: Maybe a little bit. Let's talk about something. Uh, okay, yeah. No, people... See, we should talk about it backstage. These people, these people aren't interested. <laughs>
2: Did you um, watch the, as we speak, the uh, armistice celebrations, commemorations? Um,
0: I saw a little bit of the Peter Jackson film. Oh,
2: yeah. You you didn't watch the whole thing? No. Why? (laughs) You you knew how it ended.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I was trying to... I got about halfway through, and my, we had to go to bed. was so tired. We've got two tiny children. Yes, of And course. then it's come off the iPlayer, so I, I was halfway through. I was trying to get to the bit where it changed into colour.
2: Oh, you didn't even make it there? No, I did,
0: but that's, it took, my wife went to bed, and so it all got confused. Right, okay. Um, and then I got to that bit and went, eh. <laughs> It's just the same bit, and they're not in black and white anymore. It was pretty good, though. No, the,
2: was- the, the, the problem with that bit was the first time that you... If you didn't see this... Uh, folks, it was. Peter Jackson had got lots of black and white footage from the First World War. Well, I'd like to know more about who shot that fucking yeah. stuff. Who was going out onto the battlefields in, in 1917 and filming with these old cameras while carnage was going on around them? But um, he had colorized some of the footage, but in a very sophisticated, like modern colorization techniques, and also done it so that the, the sp- it was running at a real speed. Yeah. So it didn't look all uh, herky-jerky and yeah. black-and-whitey. And he'd also done very good dubbing of sound effects on there. So it really did feel like, oh, my God, this stuff looks like it was shot last week in certain places. Yeah, yeah. Other places where he'd had to digitally zoom on some some things, there was lots of strange pixels moving around. <laughs> yeah. So that at certain points it looked a bit like... Um, uh, it looked a bit like, what was the... Uh, CG film about the Polar Express <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you watch the Polar Have I you... did but I saw, I saw enough of it. Tom Hanks in it
2: yeah my children yeah. used to fucking love the Polar no. Express
0: <laughs> hot, chocolate. My nephews hot, hot chocolate hot chocolate
2: and um, <laughs> that, that whole film is uh, Uncanny Valley special <laughs> it's really weird and that's what it was a bit like watching this footage but overall it was just incredibly weird and moving and I just can't get my head around it. And also, I was talking to you backstage about the fact that I've been um, reading these, this book of letters sent back from the First World War from a, uh, a lieutenant colonel. And uh, he was uh, in the Northumberland Fusiliers, 24th Tyneside Irish Battalion. And he, his batman, what's a batman?
0: Like a valet
2: yeah, Batman, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's B- not Butler. Batman.
2: It's not a guy. It's not a crime yeah. fighting.
0: Yeah. It might be that as well. We wouldn't know, would we?
2: Anyway, his keep ba- that secret. Anyway, Batman. It turns out was my grandfather, and uh, which I didn't know because my dad never used to talk about his family. But I found this book of letters where this lieutenant colonel is writing almost every day back to his wife from the First World War. He went out uh, to the Western Front, nineteen fourteen, was sadly killed on the first day of the Arras Offensive in 1917, and he was uh, carried off the battlefield by my grandfather, oh, no. who he referred to as Bucky.
1: <laughs>
2: that was his surname. or oh, Buckin, sometimes. Buckin. And occasionally there's just these um, little bits of the letters that refer to my granddad. It's wow. so weird. He was just his... He was kind of his Baldrick, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and... uh Let's see, I've got a little bit that here that referring to my, my grandfather. Um, so this is 10th of May, 1915, Beuvray, outskirts of Bethune, northern France. And uh, this is the lieutenant colonel writing back to his wife. We've had rather an amusing time these last two days as we moved out to a position of readiness at 4.30 a.m. yesterday, leaving a few sick men and the servants under old Sanderson in the billets in Beuvray. After we'd been out a bit, we saw the shells popping into Bouvray pretty frequently. We returned there about 10pm to find them all in an awful state of nerves. Old Buxton was awfully cross, because we had laughed at them, because we had laughed at them, but it really was too funny. <laughs> Their faces were a picture, and, they, and they'd got all bits of shell and stuff. <laughs> Before I left, I warned them of the dangerous places in town which I knew the Germans would shell if they, shot at, uh, if they shot at all. And of course, old Buxton must go and have a look with the result that a shell plonked into a house just under his nose which fairly put the fear of what's-his-name into him. <laughs> it's so surreal. Like yeah. These letters are extraordinary and you got a sense of it in some of those BBC4 docs as well of, yeah. of how... Yes, a lot of the time it was like the worst vision of hell that you could imagine. But a lot of the time they're just sort of larking around and having fun. And some of them even saying, oh, it was never so good after that. I didn't really want to leave. (laughs) You know, because they're all together and they've got a common purpose and...
0: What you're saying is we need a good world war to sort out. I'm saying
2: that let's bring back conscription
0: <laughs> and a war, which and let's
2: happen. a proper fighting war where you can see the enemy. None of this internet stuff. Let's have some good old physical scrapping. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just read you this this little bit where this is from the Somme. Right, they're at the Somme, <laughs> and he. Uh, this is not with my grandfather, but this is a letter back to to this guy's wife. I mean, he's a lieutenant colonel. Okay, so he's not at the front of the fighting all the time. They just sort of go back and forth. And this is one of the times where he's not at the uh, at the front, obviously. And he's saying, um, so this is 30th of July, 1916. Uh, most pleasant evening for our walk. We went out to the end of a hill about a thousand yards behind our own front line and sat in the grass where we could overlook the whole show and watch the transition stage from day to night conditions. We reached our position about 8.30 p.m. just as the light began to fail and saw the old Hun put some very heavy Meinenwerfer over, like grenades or whatever, uh, over as a sort of kiss goodnight. And then very shortly afterwards, our guns had a proper hate on his line for about an hour and a half, and he got the most concentrated essence of a, um, on a portion of his trenches that would make him think a bit. <laughs> it really is a wonderful sight. <laughs> because it's all quite silent, except for the guns and an odd rifle or two. <laughs> And it seems impossible to believe that two great armies face one another across a small strip of field in many places not a hundred yards wide, and that you never see a soul move. As we came away about 11 p.m., you could see the whole line stretching right away on both sides by the very lights, these flares, and star shells. And in the distance, away to the south, the glare of the gun flashes on the Somme, which lit up the whole sky just as one sees the lights of a big seaside town from the sea it all brought back so clearly our day on the end of Portland Bill. <laughs> and I was talking about it all to the doctor as we walked home again. <laughs> so surreal. I
0: think, you know, that people, Wilfred Owen became famous after this war, not this guy. It's, yeah. it's just terrib- <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Bizarre. Yeah. Are we wrapping up? We, I think we probably should. Yeah, we've got homes to go to. We do. Um... It's been very interesting. Um, oh, man. I want to say, though, as yeah. well,
2: thanks, you know, this being episode 200. Yeah. We, should, we should have talked more about classic episodes. <laughs> but holy shit, you, you bagged the big one. Oh, I was halfway up a mountain, and, I, 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 and we found a dinosaur. And I, I, I never had to wank off a dinosaur before. <laughs> giant ball of frozen piss in my mouth and then I was uh, halfway up in space have you ever had a wank in space
0: that was that was basically it it was very nice to get him. You should do, you should do him on your podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no way I could top your one. It was amazing. I think you might get the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> was it, and, but uh, in the green room there, he was like, no, was that okay?
0: <laughs> it really was It was like two hours. He arrived, started. Yeah. Didn't stop until he left. Seriously, <laughs> it was a phenomenon. It was amazing. Uh, God bless him. Was um, that all right, Richard? Or was I a uh, cunt? <laughs> 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 he wasn't too worried. <laughs> I, I, all the, I'm glad I didn't do. T- I did a bit of work on this, but I, we haven't covered anything uh, that uh, I've been watching. I mean, we was going to talk about Messi goes to uh, Okidar. Oh yeah, I yeah. Think we might yeah. Have talked about that. But uh, you watch that with your children? I don't. Uh, and um, <laughs> it's good <laughs> but we haven't come across that I was yeah. going to talk we, my, my daughter tends to watch Netflix now oh yeah uh, so there's and gets she's very what's into she no- watching like Dave Chappelle and yeah she's <laughs> making a murderer and that stuff yeah, yeah. She's, uh, <laughs> she's watching um, a lot of Noddy Toyland Detective oh, okay uh, she's watching Beat Bugs have you seen the show Beat Bugs no Beat Bugs is a, a insects, and they, it sort of surprises you because the opening theme tune is "All You Need Is Love," and you go, "Fucking hell! How they have, they must have spent a fortune getting the rights to that says the theme tune." But it's the Beat, or they're the Beat Bugs, and it, every episode is based around a Beatles song, and it's a sort of weird insects doing Beatles songs. Um, but because a lot of Beatles songs have. Uh, like names of people in them, right? So you know, there's and Ellen the Rigby, Rigby yep. Martha, my dear, all this stuff. Yep. And so a lot of it is just another insect coming in who's called that. Uh, and I was watching one the other day, which was there's a character called Maxwell. I think, oh great, they're going to do uh, you know, Maxwell Silver. Silverham. That's a great song for kids. <laughs> and then I realised they probably wouldn't use. They They didn't. They still called a character Maxwell. I'm assuming. They're either holding their gunpowder on that one, waiting for the right moment, right. For him to go around smashing all the other insects in the head. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they just... If there's a contentious phrase, they sometimes just leave it out of the song, but yeah. they, don't, they don't ever change it to, you know, bang, bang, Maxwell's silver hammer comes down on a nail. You know, yeah. they don't... So, but I just wondered if you could think of what the worst... Beatles songs to put in a children's cartoon about insects would be it's, it's such a surreal my daughter loves it though
2: yeah I mean Helter Skelter I suppose yeah
0: Helter Skelter
2: um, about insects any ideas from the it audience doesn't have to
0: be about the insects I mean there's that awful one about uh, run for your life little girl if I find you with another man you'll be gone oh well, yeah that's that that a
2: very sh- uh, sh- shocking yeah. song lyrically I remember w- even listening to that as a youngster thinking what
0: the hell is yeah.
2: going on here <laughs> That's um, the dark catch you though, with Jonathan. another man, you'll be dead.
0: Yes, yeah, more or less. Little it, girl, it? no,
2: it's that's Forgot. the end. That's the end. Little it, yeah. girl, yeah.
0: They do, which is I think maybe the beat. You'll be dead. That would be a bit this. too stark, wouldn't it? It's the song that's going to kill um, you,
2: a little girl.
0: Is it? <laughs> is it? Bad Finger did. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. Was that? That was a Paul McCartney song, though, right? Oh yeah, maybe. Um, Bad but that's basically that. like a cheeky little song about you know if you want to have sex with me, come and get it. Yeah, he's going for you know if you watch the Badfinger doing it. Well, it was a different time, Richard. But they can't put it in children's car. They've got vintage going. If you want it, here it is, come <laughs> and get it. But you better hurry because it's going fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that, that you know the story of Badfinger. It is Badfinger, isn't it? Yeah, that they all kind of killed themselves. And That's stuff. right. It's tragic because it's really because tra- you see that song there and then re- when the, when you see the video of it, he's so enjoying. The cheek, even as he's performing on TV, this is such a cheeky song. I'm having to say, he's such a lovely guy, the guy's singing it. Such a horrible story. Let's end send the <laughs> Let's series. End on that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's end the series.
0: <laughs> if you want it, here it is. <laughs> Come and get it. I mean, they're insects, it's fine, they have sex. That's oh, fucking dessert. insects, that's all right. <laughs> There's a, a new series, I watched a bit of a Messy Ghost Dockey. Yeah, Okada, series Okada, Okada. two. Yeah, I mean... That's a nice deal to get. Someone was asking for you to sing the theme tune. Yeah. Can you sing the theme tune? Oh, um...
2: Oh, my God. Come along and say hello, Messi goes to Okie It's sort of... uh, Let's all meet our friends. Felix! (laughs) 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 Zim, zam, zoom! It's just shouting. I just shout. It's
0: good. You're good match for it. And... uh, (laughs) And The Crystal Maze, which we talked about a little bit last time, but it hadn't been on by the time. I watched you with Andrea from Loose Women. Uh answer some riddles? All I remember is Big Nasty. (laughs) Um, He was very good. Oh, I don't
2: know him. Have you not come across Big Nasty? Oh, mate. He's good value. Is he? Yeah. He's a big rapper man from, I think, South London. Okay. And I believe that it is not controversial to say that he smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> and so he is just in a cloud, a haze of doobie smoke. <laughs> but you get a lot these days. You know, have you noticed that walking around town? Like you smell yeah, it a lot actually, more. Yeah, well, actually, I was
0: walking across so- I swear today yeah. and... Uh... I tweeted, can someone call the police? There's a man smoking the cannabis. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable ringing the police myself because I'd actually accidentally inhaled some of the <laughs> cannabis smoke. <laughs> thought I was an accessory to the crime. But yeah, just like uh, three o'clock, two o'clock. Yeah. Soho Square. <sighs>
2: You smell it a lot these yeah. days. Anyway, Big Nasty, I believe, yeah. uh, enjoys the occasional smoky smoke, okay. and I think that he, there's a possibility he may have done on that day when we recorded <laughs> the Crystal Maze. And there was a the, the clue was something like so this: is me with my head in a jar, yeah. and they have to guess the riddle. They have to guess the right answer to the riddle in order to win the crystal. And the and what happens is they send me the riddles, and generally I'll rewrite them to make them maybe a bit easier or to make them rhyme a bit more or something. So this one, I'd really done it very easy. I was worried it was too easy. It was about like you know, um, what kind of animal am I? Come round, uh, hop on over to my pad. um, You know. And Big Nasty was absolutely flummoxed. (laughs) (laughs) He just couldn't get his head round it. And in the end, I just had to say, it's a frog (laughs) (laughs) a frog first of all it was because I could hear in my earpiece they're saying "Uh, you're going to have to give more of a clue (laughs) I was thinking what am I I, you know I've said lily pad hop on over gribbit. and in fact that was the next thing I did was go ribbit not a toad I'm not a toad (laughs) like a toad and then eventually I just had to say a frog (laughs) (laughs) it's a frog and even then he was like, Whoa, what, what? <laughs> yeah. What are
0: you talking about?
2: He was nice, though. Yeah. He, he was on uh, Would I Lie to You the other day. It was, he was very funny. Oh,
0: I must um, check him out. Yeah. I noticed that you're underwater in the jar, uh-huh. but uh, your breath <laughs> makes a cloud on the
2: glass. Yeah. Quite a trick. It is a trick. And it's, <laughs> you would have thought they would have thought about that, wouldn't you? <laughs> And also they give me a little uh, cleaning cloth because it's very uncomfortable. I'm sat underneath this, uh, spoiler alert, I'm, they don't actually sever my head and pickle it. I'm sat un- in, in a very confined space. They made it a bit more comfortable for me this year, which okay. I really appreciate. Nice. Maybe they heard me complaining about it on the podcast last time. And so now I'm actually sat on a chair, which is good. But I stick my head up through the jar and then, as you say, it immediately fogs up. <laughs> um, and so they give me a cloth, and I have to kind of stick the cloth up <laughs> into the fire confined space and just do that quickly. Before we roll, it's all very glamorous.
0: Let's um, good you're on telly. Yeah. You're back on the telly. I suppose. It's all, it's all working for you.
2: I've never seen one of my episodes, though. My daughter okay. was so excited because she likes yeah. uh, the show. But so far, we've never actually seen me on it so I don't know if they, they actually use me or not
0: you've, you've been on it it's fine. I've
2: been, been on been, it alright
0: well I think we'll wrap up but I was gonna because my man's coming to pick up these chairs in two minutes oh okay <laughs> slightly curtailed by that 50 next June you are newer oh yeah that's right <laughs> you're already 50, I'm 50 aren't I'm you I'm 51 I'll be 52 nearly by the time you're 50 how is it <sighs>
1: uh.
0: Did you have a party? I didn't, know. My wife sort of suggested we just moved And it was a bit of a I don't really like anyone anymore mm. um, It so gets harder
2: It does Have you lost any friends? What, to, to,
0: to not, like, not lost Not to death Okay <laughs> I've um, lost We've
2: all lost well, some to I mean, death
0: I you know, I don't see my friends very much I, When I see them I still am friends Fallen out with anyone? Yeah, a little bit Yeah, so Yeah, I. yeah.
2: It's weird, isn't it? Yeah just this, the, the, this, like in the last few years, and quite a few of my other friends have as well, yeah. I think it's weird. You reach a certain point, and then everyone gets very touchy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's very easy to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, and it's like, it's weird. It took me by surprise. It happened a couple of times.
0: Do you think, um, you know, I'm worried about more at 40, but, you know, being this, both of us are sort of have this boyish sense of humour, I would say and yeah. you feel being 50 you can we can keep this on or will we turn into come we're sort of slightly curmudgeonly
2: yes no There's i'm always... sure that, that i'm sure that to some people we are creepy <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know yeah it's weird it, it, because you do you feel young don't you but yeah. when you look in the mirror you're like oh no <laughs> uh and uh you always hear people saying that but it's true and I suppose you do have to bear it in mind a little bit.
0: Yes. Do you think? Well, just what but I also I almost think if you get to 60 or 70 it becomes okay again but I think it's just like a little island in the middle of between 40 and 60 where it's sort of a bit weird being a being a baby man.
2: Yeah. Now I was talking to Simon Pegg about that okay, yeah. on my podcast about the uh, the feeling like wow we're this generation that championed behaving childishly and not putting away childish things yeah. and playing with our toys and me and Joe waggling them around on TV and stuff like that. And uh, and now I've got children. It does feel very odd. I do, I do feel ill-equipped to provide some sort of guidance <laughs> for them because I'm stupid. Seeing.
0: Yeah, I think it's nice. As long as one person in the family is a bit more sensible.
2: Yeah. Plus... I, I cheer myself up by thinking a lot of the people I like and admire had very difficult childhoods, you know, and parents that were cruel to them sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, people can still turn out okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> See how my children turn out. So, you know, I'm just saying that I have the option. I haven't been cruel to them yet, I don't yeah. think.
0: Well. No, uh, no but, it, but also I just think they're, they're already who they are. Yeah, you can guide them a little bit but
2: falling down very squirrely on the nature side yeah I think so I I think 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 they
0: come out and they're who they are yeah and you can help a little bit meanwhile (laughs) drink it up (laughs) put your feet up have some fun it doesn't make any difference well as always it's been a pleasure thank you very much for coming in thanks for having me you've made me laugh you've made me a little bit bored at one point yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> was it the first then you made me laugh again it was alright <laughs> or was it the skiing we'll
1: I've
0: loved it, it all I've loved it all I've loved it all thank you very much for supporting the podcast we'll be back in 2019 with loads more uh, less Square Theatre from uh, 4th of February which you might be already when you're listening to this uh, but also we're coming around the country look out for us Birmingham definitely and lots of other places in 2019 ladies and gentlemen please give a massive round of applause four times Rahula Slipper a The Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Adam Buxton! The music's my pest. I'd like to thank all the people who've helped out. Everyone, all my friends and my family, and everyone at the British Comedy Guide, everyone at Go Faster Stripe, and especially everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I am equally indebted to my executive producer, Chris Knockley. And this is a Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production.